0: This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's up, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show with your boys, Jonathan and
1: Will. What's going on?
0: It is July 20th, approximately 1 p.m. Saturday. Uh, you guys will be hearing this Monday, the 22nd. And uh, I am currently sitting here. I got the heating pad on my back. For those (laughs) of you that don't know, I have been rehabbing uh, from like a back injury, a couple bulging discs. I was in a car accident like a year and a half ago. And uh, the last couple weeks have been my my first forays back onto the court in like almost a year. So I got out there this morning. The jumper was falling. It was looking pretty good. But now my back is legitimately a little bit, a little bit bothering me, a little bit I don't really think that's how you're supposed to word that. It's bothering me a little bit. Yeah. I'll say it like that. I mean,
1: it's bothering you enough that you have a, a heating pad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: So, so. I, I'm old. Last week I played against like a 14 year old kid. I, I, I've i been trying to ease myself back into it. The kids nowadays at the rec, man, like all they do is shoot threes. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks to Steph Curry. But, and I just like to say, like, I was a three point specialist before it was cool. Like, that's always been my thing.
1: Okay. You know what? Okay. Yeah,
0: you don't agree with that? No,
1: was, I mean, yeah.
0: No, you've got something on your mind.
1: No, you're right. You're right.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, you're I, a shooter. Yeah. You 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 feel a certain way about this. You just don't want to voice it on the podcast. But that's
1: no. You 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 could shoot.
0: All right. Whatever. Anyways, but any like kids nowadays, like that's all they do. You go to the rec, they're playing four on four. It's just three rebound three. If it goes in, like that's all it is. Or it's if they're playing full court, it's three. Long rebound transition yeah, layup. Well, I'm telling just you, like over and over and over again. I played
1: on Wednesday. I played a full court game with some of these kids, and it was literally just back and forth, like three point shot, run back, three point shot. It was like, yep. they're they're not passing the ball around. No. It's just like back and forth. I'm like, guys, slow it slow it down a little bit yeah. and just take your time, because they're like you said, they're trying to shoot like it's they're just, Steph, Curry, Steph Curry. and they're shooting it from like four feet from behind the three point line. They can't even make like a layup right it's like it's ridiculous now
0: well last week i played against a 14 year old and he could shoot it uh he beat me the first game i beat him the second and third game i had to you know reclaim my dignity yeah and then today met up with uh one of my buddies cedric and then my brothers soon to be father-in-law my brothers getting married in september so he met us up there and we played against these like old guys and we beat them twice so maybe maybe next week i'll play against against kids my own age we'll see but, anyway, six man show, Orlando Magic fans. Today we're going to talk about Markel Fultz. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, chatter about Markel Fultz, especially the last few weeks with different Instagram posts and Snapchats. And now, Karan Butler, uh, you know, he went on the broadcast of the Magic Summer League game yeah. last week and basically was saying, like, Markel is healthy. Markel is ready to go. He would be surprised if Markel does not take the starting job this year.
1: It's his job to lose.
0: So yeah. we're going to talk just a little bit about that, all the Markel Fultz excitement, all that good stuff, uh, but we're also going to take like a little bit of a deeper dive um, into some of the uh, rumors, just weird stories that have been passed around about Markel Fultz uh, since you know his debut into the NBA with, with different rumors, uh, rumored like dirt bike accidents, all this kind of crazy stuff. So we'll talk a little bit more about that as well. So we'll... I think the other night, um, as soon as, like, all this Karan Butler stuff started coming out, I, like, took a screenshot on my phone and I texted you. I'm like, can I get excited yet? And you're like, all right, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. And, like, anybody can say anything, right? Yeah. Like, him and uh, Karan and Markel, they share the same agent, Raymond Brothers. So, it's not completely outside the realm of possibilities that that Karan kind of has, like, an inside like view into what's really going on with Markel. Yeah. If uh, I think I was listening to Locked On magic the other day, Philip was saying that, um, Karam Butler was like one of the first people that came out and said, you know, that what, what was going on with Markel was the thoracic outlet syndrome. So he's broken Markel news before that seemed to be accurate. So who's to say that he can't do it again? Yeah. But you were kind of telling me, like, all right, we need to calm down a little bit. Let's not get too excited. But then I'm scrolling through Twitter, and you see Markel Fultz liked this tweet about Karan saying that he's he's ready to go. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if Markel is putting any weight into those comments, like, well, I think he even, there's sh- something to yeah, it. Yeah.
1: I think he even shared it on his Instagram uh, exactly. story. Exactly. That's what I, that's uh,
0: where I was going next. You're 100% right.
1: So, um, I mean,. I just, I want to see him play first. Like, I don't care if they, their people are saying that, you know, he's a hundred percent and he's like flying and doing all these, like shoot, making every shot. If he's not playing, you know, I don't, I don't care what they're saying. Like if I don't see him play, I don't care. Cause like at the end of the day, if if he's not on the court playing and we're not seeing it, then. Yeah. But you don't get like excited. I'm I'm excited, but I'm, like I'm more excited if you can see him do it, you know, if he's just if, you know, people are just saying this and that this and that and we're not seeing it. Right. Then to me, I'm like, well, to me, I got to think, like, is it really happening? You know, like it. it I got to see it to believe it. That's what I'm trying to tell. I you. get
0: that. And I, I guess um, part of me just I just and this really is all of us. I know everybody wants to see him on the floor. But to me. And people have said that you know he he's kind of an odd guy you know he's he's you, you know he's unique this that and the third but like why would you be like putting if somebody said something about me and I thought that it was true you know if I screenshot and, and put that on my Instagram that's basically like that's me co-signing that. yeah
1: it's like confirmation I, exactly
0: yeah You're, it's confirmation that's exactly what it is so for me it's like why are you putting this out there like. It's not like you're a, a free agent trying to raise your, you know, value or anything like that. Like you're, you have so much to lose by doing that. Yeah. Y- you can, you're going to look like an idiot if that's not true.
1: Yeah. If he like, like the team has said he hasn't played like five on five yet. Like, I don't, why would you post, you know, share all this stuff that Kron is saying like you're a hundred percent, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you know, you haven't played yet. So maybe he has played and like, you know, like, we know the team just keeps it hush-hush and trying to keep everything on the down low. But I want to see it first. Like, if they told me, like, Aaron Gordon is out there and he's looking fantastic, he's making all of his threes, I'd be like, cool, let's see it during the regular season. Like I just no, wanna, I'd be super hyped. I
0: just want to see it, though. I'd be super hyped. If we were getting team sources saying, like, Jonathan Isaac or Aaron Gordon is just completely obliterating everybody in practice, I would be legitimately hyped. I would be too. Like but when I'm, we heard I, that about Michael Porter Jr., I was really excited to see him play in summer league. Yeah, but we didn't get to see that.
1: Yeah, but like Mo Bamba coming back and you know him gaining the twenty thirty pounds, whatever. Yeah, and then him playing one game and we're like, eh, like he he like he's improved. He's bigger, but we didn't get to see enough. Right. I'm just like, oh, because people were saying, yeah, he's gained all this weight. Like he's gonna, he looks really really good. He looks good, but then he plays that first summer league game. We didn't see much, and the then he's jump done. shot
0: looks good. We can say that. Yeah. Outside of that, like you, you didn't really get a good feel for, you know, how is he seeing the floor on defense? How is he moving defensively? Um, like the the motor, I'm not saying it's not there, but he didn't show that it is there in summer league either. Granted, it was you know in limited minutes, but. You remember uh, Aaron Gordon and his was that I think that was his second year, yeah. Because we drafted Gordon in 2014, then in 2015 we drafted Hazonia, yeah. So that first summer league, like Aaron Gordon was all over the place. He he had something like 24 points, like 12 rebounds, like some just something crazy like that. Was showing us all the dribble moves that he had, like the step back jumpers. Like he literally looked like Carmelo Anthony, like in summer league. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So. I like you. I wish we would have been able to see more from Mo in Summer League, and I would feel a lot better about. But I still feel pretty good about him being the backup. Yeah, you know. But as far as it you know is with Markel, you know they're saying that he's not ready for you know five on five. But being ready for like five on five, like a pickup game at the rec, being healthy enough to do that is completely different from being able to be ready for five on five in the NBA. NBA yeah. So. It's not to say that he's not healthy, but he just, I mean, it's its a big transition to go from not playing in an NBA game for, what are we at, eight months now, then all of a sudden to jump in the summer league. I don't think that would have been smart. No. Let I mean, him go through training camp. Let him scrimmage with the guys. Yeah, there's no need to put where him where
1: in, in, you know, have him play during the summer. Like, just rehab, get better, and when the season starts, training camp and all that, then... We'll see more, but well, we know um, the kid's
0: constantly putting in work I, every day. Yeah, he's we, at exactly some facility we, practicing we, and we working know he's out yeah and, we
1: know he's putting in the effort and he's putting in the time. So, um, I just don't I see on Twitter like everybody's like oh my God, Markel, he's gonna be he's he's like a hundred percent blah blah, and I'm just like all right, let's you know I don't want to overhype it and then when he comes to play that first game, he's not uh, like he doesn't look like the Markel. That Philly drafted, you know, like all those like hopes and dreams that everybody had, and they start trashing them after game one because that sometimes that happens. Like he like he looks great during the summer, and Karam Butler saying all this stuff that you know he's a hundred percent. It's his his job to lose, and then he kind of he plays game one of the regular season, and we're like, all right, he didn't play great, or whatnot and then people are just like, Oh, he shouldn't have you know, all this stuff. You know, I just don't want people to overhype it and then game one he plays and then it's just like everybody's like, Oh, disappointed and stuff, but he's still playing really good. You know what I'm saying? Like, right.
0: No, I get that. I I just am, am part of the camp that I any little you know evidence that we get the fact that this kid might be ready and, and ready to go and ready to contribute i just know how and you know all of us know how big of a deal it will be if he's even remotely healthy like don't even don't even give us a jump shot just get on the floor for 25 minutes a game play defense at a high level he's got the playmaking skills get to the rim he's a strong athletic kid you do that for us this team is going to be ready to rock and roll yeah because DJ was great last year. DJ was absolutely phenomenal. Exceeded every expectation that I could have. But there was a noticeable drop-off when we got to that second unit. I loved Isaiah Briscoe. Loved Michael Carter-Williams. But there was a clear, distinct drop-off from the point guard play you know, from that first to second unit. Now, if we're being fair, we could go down the list of the rotation outside of the shooting guard position... And say that about the entire bench. The bench was okay last year, but the thing was we just couldn't get anybody to score. So much so that Clifford had to integrate either Evan Fournier or Aaron Gordon into that second unit just to give us some kind of, you know, offensive power. Yeah. So if we can get Markel Fultz and Terrence Ross, that's a heck of a backcourt, you know, for your 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 uh your bench squad.
1: Yeah, and how tall is DJ? like 511, 510 you you were DJ, saying DJ DJ is He's barely like you're taller height, than me.
0: Right? I've stood right
1: next to him. He's barely Mar- taller than Markel's me. Markell's listed at 64. So that's huge. 5 for a or point 6 guard. inches and having him play that point guard position yeah. is going to help on offense, it's going to help on defense cuz he'd be able to switch with bigger guys with twos. Like Markel, if he can be like you said, if he can be remotely anything that he was before the injury, we we have a shot. Because, like, just height alone, like, that's way more of an advantage than than if we had DJ playing that point guard position. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, we've still got at least two months until training camp or – I mean preseason starts at the beginning of October so you figure probably like the end of September. Yeah. I we'll think start I'm going to to you know get you know media day stuff and and training camp and all that. So
1: Yeah, I'll be more excited once training camp starts. He's in the jersey, we can see him playing even if it's just like him taking layups on the floor. I I'll, I'll be more excited. I think it for me it's too soon to be super excited for okay, me. That's fair. You know, I don't I don't know. I, that's how I am though like with anything. I don't I don't get super excited until like it's here, you know, so
0: I'm a I'm more of a, a hoper and a wisher. I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. So um, just to touch on something that we talked about last week. So like the rumor of these like orange, you know, juice themed city jerseys. The other thing that we for- we failed to bring up is that there's also rumor of us getting like a city edition court. For Ooh. the games where we wear that city edition jersey, kind of had like the, cool. the Heat had for like their Miami Vice, yeah, like the, the their theme court. So what do you? Uh, I know originally we talked about like uh, the that like orange with the white pinstripes. I'm not really a fan of that look. I don't know how you feel about I didn't, that. No, I didn't like. How that one. did you feel about those other mock-ups that came out? Kind of like the, they looked like you know University of Miami Hurricane. Yeah, I like jerseys. the how I like the feel? black one. I'm, I'm all for it either way. I'm just not the pinstripes. The pinstripe I didn't like, but the other ones look good. And honestly, that mock-up is probably nowhere near what it's actually going to look like. Yeah. Did you see, you know, each week the, the magic tweet out these like wallpaper Wednesdays. The one with the, the the, the the huge, well, I think it was supposed to be the sun. the sun, yeah. And then off to the side, it said like, welcome to Orange County. Yeah. And like, people were like, oh my God, they're definitely like hinting at that so we just have to wait and see but that'll be fun to see we'll get to see all that's like the the players wearing those jerseys at like media day and like the earned jerseys i would say hopefully within the next i mean this is just an estimate but hopefully within the next month month and a half hopefully we'll be able to get you know if there's any kind of hint at a rebrand or new jerseys or or whatever the case may be I think a lot of people agreed with us though about like the pure magic. I think a lot of people are ready for that to, to go to the wayside. I mean, it's been
1: like six, seven years already. Like and, mm, has not been that long? I don't think it's yeah, been quite the, that it was, long. It was the We Will was the first one or two years after. Yeah, it's been like so four or, 12, or five years. 13, 14. So yeah, like, like four, five or four or five, five years. or six years. Yeah.
0: That will be exciting. So the other thing that we we're gonna bring up, you know, we've been talking about Markel. This episode is just basically gonna be all about Markel. So it's been a it's been a long, very strange road for Markel since getting drafted. yeah. so was one of the best I mean was the best player in the nation um, you know, went his time at Washington or or at least one of them um, that made him the the number one overall pick. Philadelphia traded up from three to number one with the Celtics to be able to draft him number one, looked great in summer league was killing it in summer league. The shooting stroke was looking great. And then all of a sudden he comes to training camp and he's just he's just a different guy like yeah. the the jump shot is not there, I'm not gonna go too much into the because there I this is what I did the other day when I when I thought of the idea for this episode I'm like you know I'm gonna go kind of behind enemy lines, so I went to the uh, 76ers subreddit page and um, basically. I went on there and asked their fans for like what are the like the weirdest like craziest rumors that you guys heard about Markel Fultz during his time in Philly. Now some people were like, "Bro, you're on your own. Good luck." Like, like basically told me to like get lost. But some people actually like gave me pretty you know helpful information. So there are about three different articles um, written for the Athletic. I'm pulling up the article right now to to get the name of the uh, writer here. Um, so Derek Bodner, uh, there were also some contributions to uh, a few of these pieces by Jared Weiss and uh, Sam uh, Amick. So basically in, in these articles, they're going through and basically there was a, a huge discrepancy between what Markell's you know, trainer and his agent was saying what was going on compared to what at the time Brett Brown and also uh, Jerry Colangelo, who was running the 76ers at that time, uh, huge difference between what both of those camps were saying. Yeah, Markell's mm-hmm. camps were basically saying, you know, he's injured. Um, whatever is going on with his form is due to the injury. He's trying to move his arm in such a way to where he's not having that pain. And I can relate to that. I think it was right after we graduated high school, right when we, right when I started college, uh, I would go to the the gymnasium on campus. In between my classes, and, you know, I would, I would change and I would just, you know, get some shots up, play pickup, stuff like that. Well, not too long after that, I developed like this tendonitis from the middle of my bicep. It would shoot down into like my inner elbow and then into my wrist every time I would extend my arm and follow through. So much to the point I was working at a grocery store at the time, stocking shells. I could not stock the top shelf of my left arm. I just could not yeah, lift I remember it. that. So what I, I tried a few different ways to shoot a basketball to try to get away from that pain before I just realized like, okay, I just need to shut it down for a while. Yeah. And it was like, it, like six months before I could shoot a basketball again. So I completely, I can see that being like a realistic thing that he was doing. Now, the 76ers were saying like, oh, well, he, you know, he's got some soreness, but this is something that he completely did on his own. Nobody mentioned anything to us about him having the shoulder injury. So allegedly he like, hid the injury from the 76ers at first for whatever reason. Now that led to some people thinking, you know, he's, um, infamously, you know, growing up, he's been a fan of like dirt bikes and motorcycles and BMX and things like that. So some people thought that maybe he was in some kind of accident, accident. um, that, you know, he messed up his shoulder because I guess some of the symptoms that he was complaining of is common with motorcycle injuries, but there was never any realistic documentation of that whatsoever. So I don't want to go too much into that kind of stuff. Cause it's so much back and forth. Like he said, she said kind of stuff. I really just want to go into some of these rumors. Cause some of them are honestly just like strange. Let's see here. They were like, once again, there was the thing like about the dirt bike. There was um, another thing where like his mother had set up like surveillance cameras in his apartment for some reason And then like took them down like she was just so crazy, like overprotective. But there was like there's never any actual like proof. This is just all like speculation. So all of these weird things are happening. There was a thing with um, Drew Hanlon, how um, Drew Hanlon was sitting near Markel Fultz's mother at one of the at one of the 76ers games that he was not playing well. And, and they got into some kind of altercation in the stands at halftime. And then shortly after that, Drew Hanlon and uh, Markel Fultz completely stopped working together. Just all of this, like just like really strange things. There's, there, there's literally like one of the users literally sent me like 30 different things before the draft starts working with a trainer to help us form the transition to the NBA we take him number one. The city is turned, like, literally sent me an entire list. One of the things he said, Markel spends time at Area 51, comes back with <laughs> almost comically. Bi- now, this kid is obviously, like, kidding. But stuff like this it just goes on and on and on about Markel Foles. Like, nobody really had a good handle as to what was going on yeah. in Philadelphia with this kid. It's just, it's just a, a strange, strange thing that has happened to this kid to the point and, and and he really does seem like he's kind of a different guy. Like a few weeks back had all these different posts on Instagram. You know, he, he's got like different stories up. And then the next thing you know, his Instagram is just completely blank. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what kind of motivation you have like to, to go and do that. He's always posting like very like cryptic
1: tweets. Yeah, he seems like somebody that would do that though.
0: Like. Is he, this- he's
1: like a quiet person. Like he doesn't. But that could I, – I don't know what they did to him in, in Philly. Like like you said, I don't know what happened over there. um I'm just glad he's out of that situation because that was just like – you know, people were comparing him to Anthony Bennett and just saying like, oh, here's another –
0: Kawhi Brown.
1: Another number one pick that can't play and just like the pressure was too much. So, you know, I I don't think the pressure was too much for this kid. I think he really had an injury and it just messed him up and Philly didn't know what to do with him
0: by all accounts he seems like a pretty confident kid like yeah. he's always like just looking I mean how much can you really tell about a person like through their their snapchat or or whatever but from everything that I've seen like this seems like a kid who like really thinks that like he's gonna come back and like like he he was he was he retweeted a tweet that said uh, uh, basically you know he was the first 19 year old ever to have a triple, triple double. double yeah and i think that culminated um with like his uh f- like the last game of his rookie year i think it was like against milwaukee or, or something like that but everybody like one of these uh 76ers fans said when that happened like everybody was like all right like this kid is is ready to rock and roll like he's like going to be the truth but um yeah it's just it, it's just a very strange thing and then you see him you know, post videos of him, you know, working out with like these other like college kids and stuff. If he was just strictly rehabbing, I don't see him going, you know, to these like facilities and like actually hooping with kids Yeah, or working out with kids that are actually hooping. If all he's doing is rehabbing, like he's got, we know he's on the court. We, we saw him on that video taking a jump shot. It's just, and, and the thing with the, the TOS is, is like, it can come and go. So if we can get to a place where even if the kid is only playing like, like 68, 72 games and we can do like a load management type of thing like they did with Kawhi Leonard to make sure that his shoulder is going to be good to go. I yeah. mean, is the kid going to be able to play 25-ish, you know, playoff at- games if you're trying to make a deep run? Yeah. I don't know.
1: I mean, he doesn't even need to play 30 minutes a game. Like start them off slow and if it's not work, like just keep them at – 15 minutes 20 minutes he doesn't have to be playing 30 35 minutes a game so if we see him for 70 or we see him play 70 games but he's only playing 20 minutes a game i would take that over him just playing 40 games 50 games and like taking games off so i don't know man like that situation like is it's strange and how like hush hush his like rehab has been and and everything is just like, I don't know.
0: I think that just comes to, like down to the fact that, and I think most people are coming to terms with this, is like, the Magic don't leak anything. No. And that's just part of, like, if, if you look at all of the injuries that, you know, we've had over the, the, the course of the, the past, you know, two seasons or so, regardless of who it is, like... You really don't hear much about that guy like until, the, like, no, but like it, oh, he's going to play tonight.
1: It helps that we're a small market team. Like, if this is New York media or L.A. media or Philly, or Philly it's where it's a different story. Like, stuff gets out. Well, but- that's
0: why a lot of people said that when we made this trade that it was going to be a really good thing for Markel. Yeah. Because, I mean, even to our fans, like, during most of the season last year, yeah, we were kind of always, you know, quietly chattering about Markel, But it's not like, where's Markel? When's Markel going to play like we all and they set this expectation from day one that we're not going to hear anything until he's ready to go. They said that from day one. So it's not like when they come out and say, oh, we don't have a timetable for him. It's not like, oh, well, what do you mean you don't have a time? They've been saying that since February. They've been saying this for five months. Yeah, it helps. So it's nothing new
1: to me, too. It helps that we didn't give anything of value to Philly in that trade. Like, imagine if we were like, oh, yeah. People
0: still think Philadelphia – like, some people legitimately think that Philadelphia won that trade.
1: I mean, they got Jonathan Simmons.
0: Who they traded and now has been waived.
1: Yeah, so they got Simmons. And they got a pick. And a pick. And they gave up their their number one pick. But I guess Philly fans don't think much of, you know, Fultz, especially now that, you know, you have Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, whatever. Honestly, some of –
0: like, this kid, the very last thing that he said to me was, I am slash was a Markel Stan. Um, I hope he's going to be healthy enough to play this year, but I really don't know what's going to happen. So a lot, like, there are Philly fans that are still 100% behind this kid, but then there are other people that, like, are taking what the team said at face value as opposed to what he said, which is fair, but some people just, like, are just over the kid. They're tired of hearing about him. They can't stand him. Yeah. That's a fact.
1: But what I'm saying, like, as a fan of the Magic – I think it's easier on us to have like see the team taking it slow with him because we didn't give up anything of value. Like right. if we would have gave up Jonathan Isaac for for faults, where we would been, we would have been calling for that kid to play in March? We yeah, exactly. We'd be like, what's going on? We just gave up Isaac for him, and he's not playing. Yet. Or if we would have gave or up if, Ross, like yeah, the, like the really, Sixers. If, if we would have gave up anybody else of like value, like even if, for me, even if we would have like gave up like Kem Burch and some other players and west i would have been like yo we gave up you know our backup center who is plays with energy for a guy that has not played yet right so like what are we doing what are we, you know and that that'd be a question like every day what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing doing? since we didn't give up anything it's easier for us to be like oh we'll just we'll let's see what happens because at the end it's like if he plays and he plays well we stole like that was a steal for us. Right. But if that he doesn't could
0: potentially be the worst trade in the history it, of the NBA, if this kid comes back and becomes an all star. Yeah. But if he doesn't play for the what, 76ers, if,
1: if he doesn't, if Fultz doesn't play or he's not even close to being what we want him to be, what do we say? Well, we didn't get we, we didn't tried. give up much. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a win win. Yeah. You know, that trade was a win win for, you know.
0: And, I mean, getting Jonathan Isaac out of the lineup was worth it in itself because he, he was he, he was not playing well. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you invest in a guy, you want to see him on the floor. But, like, Wundu w- gave much more to our team, I think, honestly, on both sides of the floor last year than, than Jonathan Simmons did. I liked Juice when he was here. Funny enough we traded juice and now that might be the, the theme of our, our city jerseys this year, but I like the guy seems like a cool guy, but just was not playing well. And I mean, I, the guys, not even on an NBA team right now. So, but you do know that Markel Fultz is going to come back when comeback player of the year, most improved the MVP. He's going to be the first player to ever do that in one season. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, the next thing I, I, I want to talk about a little bit. So, so people were, you know, wondering like why we traded Mozgov. We talked about that last week. We're not going to go back into that. But then it was like, okay, so we we've got you know a couple you know two way contracts available. So what are we going to do? So then the team a couple days ago signs Josh Majet. This yeah. twenty, he's either twenty nine or, or or thirty years old. He's you know played a little bit in the NBA. He's played a lot in the G League. Um, just just a shooter. He's a lefty like myself. Not trying to brag, but. I'm lefty too. We have the we have the All best right. shooting strokes. Um, so we signed Josh Magette. Um, when I when I saw his name, I I literally thought it was Josh Maggette. Corey Maggette once followed me on Twitter, right? So I followed him back, right? Because like, okay, you know, Corey Maggette, he had like I don't know, like I think something like two hundred fifty thousand followers, maybe. I don't, don't quote me on that. I could be completely off, but he had the you know the verified check on Twitter. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Corey Maggette, you know, followed me. Well, then I I go back, like, two weeks later, and he unfollowed me. Like, it's one thing, like, if if you're, you know, just trying to, you know, gain, like, a a bigger presence on Twitter. So, you you know, you're following other people with similar interests so that they'll follow you back and whatnot. But if you're an NBA player, why are you, like, why do you need to go out, like, fishing for followers? I don't understand that. I don't know. Some of these guys, though, they don't even run their
1: own social media accounts. That's true.
0: Backstreet Boys followed me once. Just yeah. out of nowhere. They, I got followed by I know. the Backstreet
1: Boys. The Backstreet Boys might still be following me on Twitter. A lot of these guys don't Keep run. Keep talking. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, a lot of these guys don't run their own social media either. They have, I don't know, whoever they have behind them running that stuff for them. Um, except for Kevin Durant. I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant runs everything himself. Kevin Durant
0: runs multiple and, social media. Exactly.
1: And all the other media, the social media. Reading guys, and weep, nerd. Backstreet Boys. The Backstreet Boys follow um, me. You don't follow them? Heck no. Dang. They follow me. Let
0: me see it That's again. That's how it rolls. They follow sixty six thousand people. They have a million followers. Huh. Look at that. Verified, checking everything. No big deal. Backstreet boys follow me on Twitter. If you can't appreciate that, then we can't be friends. If you can't bump some, you know, old school Backstreet Boys in sync, then we have no reason to be friends. Well, I know you can appreciate some in sync. I like in sync. Yeah. We won't talk too much about instinct. This is getting complicated. Yeah, let's get back to the two way contract. Anyways, so all right, so we signed Josh Majet, right? So we have um you know, like another two-way contract and everybody's ta- like we had renounced Emil Jefferson's uh or rescinded uh Emile Jefferson's qualifying offer. So everyone's like, Okay, thanks, you know, for your time here, thanks for your service. You know you're gonna find you know a, a spot on a G League team or maybe at the end of the bench on a on another NBA team or maybe that guy will play internationally. I completely forgot about him as soon as we rescinded. Didn't think it was a possibility that he was coming back. So then I was like, okay, well we've got another roster spot. We also have a two way contract, so we've got to be signing Daquan Jeffries, who you know has played relatively well in summer league. Uh, everybody's a big fan of this guy, so we're probably signing him with that other two-way deal because we have an open roster spot and we still haven't signed our rookie, Chuma Okiki. He's the only first-round pick in the entire NBA that hasn't been signed to a team. Yeah. Right? So then we sign Emil Jefferson to a two-way deal. So it's like, what the heck are we doing here? Because now it's like some people have have kind of brought up the idea that maybe we're going to stash... Chuma Okiki and like sign him to like a G League deal well then he cannot he doesn't have access to the Amway Center he's not with the team he's not with the training staff he's not using the facility he's gonna be in Lakeland making I don't know 50 grand like I mean for a, a college kid who's not making any money to start making 50 grand like that's pretty decent yeah right but like the kid tore his ACL you take him with the 16th pick the the plan is to rehab him, you know, bring so that he's ready to go either at the end of this year or like early next year. But to me that doesn't make sense to to stash him with Jonathan Isaac, with Mobamba, with Markel Fultz. These guys get hurt and it's we're going to not to quote Jeff Hel- Jeff Weltman, we're going to wrap our arms around these guys. We're going to we're going to give them as long as they need. We're going to be patient with them. Yeah. We're going to give them everything that they they need to come back from these injuries. And then you're going to send Chuma Okiki to Lakeland? I don't – me, I personally don't believe that. But that's what was kind of getting, you know, thrown around. And you hear things enough, you start to get paranoid. Like, when the rust to Orlando stuff came out, I was like, no freaking way. Then a thousand people on Twitter are saying it. And then the next thing I know, like – I'm basically sitting in a corner at work with a paper bag, hyperventilating because I'm thinking about the magic trading for Russell Westbrook, and I'll, I would just be incredibly unhappy. Then the Chris Paul stuff started. There wasn't too much of that. Thankfully, that kind of blew over pretty quick. But you hear enough, like you hear something enough, you start kind of to believe it. Yeah. So, but what really looks like the most possible and likely scenario is signing. Dequan Jeffries basically to uh, an Exhibit Ten contract, which basically gives him like a like a training camp invite, and um, then we kind of go from there. But like I just don't know what they're waiting for. Somebody on Twitter and, and just I would shout you out, but I'm I don't remember your your name or your Twitter handle Twitter handle at this moment, so forgive me. Uh, but one of the, somebody told me that what they're most likely trying to do is they're trying to get Chuma to take less then i guess what is usually offered to the 16th pick so that we can stay underneath the tax so we'll see what happens there somebody also said that signing chuma would put us like 70k over, over. the tax and i i don't think that you know weltman um and hammond are looking to put this team into the tax for whatever reason so i i don't think that that's um I don't think they're going to sign him over the tax. That yeah. all that all
1: that stuff me. like confuses me. Yeah, it's, like it. It's I confusing. try like I know you're more into it than I am because I try not to worry about it too much because then I'll start freaking out. It too. ain't our
0: money. Like at the end of the day, it's not our. It's money. It's not our I money, really but care, it's like but trying
1: to figure out what these guys are doing but we have no information like they're not saying right. hey this is what we're doing this well, is why they we're never doing leak it. anything exactly but just to come up with all these different ideas Scenarios and, in yeah. your head that are ninety like, percent of them don't it are, doesn't don't matter it's not worth it to me it's not worth it i'm just like all right wait till we hear i'm, I'm waiting the for the details. season to start i'm waiting for the season to start training well, camp let's go well,
0: you want to hear specifics and then we can analyze speculating just to speculate to some people it's fun but then other people like yourself is just like there's no point. Why There's am not going to worry yeah. about something that I that like, fifteen different things could happen.
1: Yeah, like for instance, like when everybody was going crazy about like Westbrook getting traded in Orlando, I was like, I'm not going to worry about it unless it happens. Right, because that's fair. I was like, the reality of that actually going down is slim. We like we didn't have the assets, like our team. It doesn't make sense to get a guy who's going to be making $50 million after four years, like in one season, it just like, we've had this conversation before. It just doesn't follow what the team, you know, had in, and has in mind and where we're going. Um, but to, to worry about all this, like tax and luxury tax and money and not signing this guy, but signing this guy. And I just want the season to start. You know what it
0: is for me? I'm still like – I'm like a a girl that's been cheated on too much by her old boyfriend, you know? And now I have like this new boyfriend who's great and treats me great, but I don't – why? Okay, I could have really just said I'm like a guy that got cheated on too much by his ex-girlfriend. Okay. I could have went that route. Let's Okay, let's rewind a little bit here. Just pretend that you did not hear the last 15 seconds of what I just said if you're listening to the show. I'm like a dude that's been cheated on too much by his ex girlfriend. Now I got this new girl who's treating me great, buying me shoes, doing all these nice things for me, and I don't know how to handle it. So anytime something's happening, I'm like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, you know, I'm like paranoid. So like Hennigan, every time it was like, "Oh, what's Hennigan gonna do?" Let me think of the worst possible case scenario, and that's what he's gonna do. That's that's kind of how he operated, like signing Bismack Biombo. Signing, no offense, Evan Fournier, but to a five-year, like eighteen million dollars. I have a, a question
1: year. as you're going with that. Do you think it was so much Hennigan, or the team just putting pressure on him to make some moves?
0: Well, yeah, it was. It was putting pressure on Hennigan because he knew, like, if he didn't like start to make things work, that he was gone. Yeah, you know. So, I think it's good now that we have like tiers of like management. We have a, a president of basketball operations. We have, you know, the GM. Alex Martins, for the most part, seems like he's out of this. We almost never see his face anymore. Yeah. No offense, Alex Martins, but thank God. Um, but at that time, I think that Alex Martins still had, you know, his hand in a lot of the goes-on of, of the Orlando Magic. So I, he felt like, I need to win now or I'm gone. This rebuild isn't working. But regardless, he still did the things that he did. Yeah. So I've just kind of like become paranoid with the Orlando Magic that like the thing that I want them to do the least sometimes is what they end up doing. Now that has not been the case the last 3 off seasons with John and Jeff, but I'm I'm still, you know, kind of adjusting to that to be fair. Yeah. That
1: makes th- sense. Yeah.
0: So All right. Uh, One of the things that we wanted to start doing with the show each week, we want to do the best that we can uh, to, you know, get fans to interact more with the show. Um, But to also, you know, we kind of want to make this a a community. So, um, but we want to start taking questions. You know, we're going to, we try to do a mailbag um, episode a few months back. We really didn't get, or a few weeks back, we really didn't get a lot of questions to make that a whole episode. Um, So we're just going to try to do, you know, two, three questions um, each episode. We'll answer them, you know, live on the show and then you guys will hear them. So um, anytime that you guys have any questions that you want to hear on the show, just just shoot it to us um, either on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So um, from our boy, and I, I want to make sure that I'm reading this correctly, um, Fiddy Nazri. So his uh, Twitter handle is at Fids, F-I-D-Z, Nasri, N-A-S-R-I, one word. If Markel is healthy at the beginning of the season, what do you think his stats will look like by the end of the season? so like points assists steals so do you want to answer this from the standpoint that he's like one hundred percent fully healthy hundred
1: percent I say twenty points stop it eleven assists and uh eight rebounds no, I'm kidding
0: um, I almost had a heart attack
1: i could I could see him do maybe like. 15 four and four if he's a hundred percent if he's a hundred percent healthy um regardless
0: of whether he's a hundred percent healthy I would be a little bit surprised if he's starting at the beginning of the year for two reasons it's been so long since he's played basketball out you know you would think that he would kind of get eased in even if it's just for like the first month and then he takes over other reason is DJ played so well last year like you you better make sure Markel is taking that job from DJ. Yeah. Like, and, and it's got to be, like, decisive, in my opinion. Okay. So, I, I think, real like, realistically, best-case scenario, I mean, all right, best-case scenario is what you just said, like, 20 points, like, all that crazy <laughs> crap. But I think, realistically speaking, if we can get, like, a 14 points, 6 assists three, four rebounds, and maybe, like, a one and a half to two steals a game with him shooting, like, 35, 36% from three, shooting over 75% from the free throw line.
1: What I, are you thinking His like, from the field? From the field? Like, 40, uh, 41? No.
0: If we can get him to, like, like. 40 like yeah like 43 44 percent from the field yeah
1: because I think anything above 50 is too much 50 50,
0: you're talking about LeBron James like you're like Giannis like
1: I say him shooting 42 44 from the field somewhere in the mid 30s from three and he can get that free throw between like you said like set maybe 70 80 Right. Somewhere in there, I, if if you if you went into the future and you came back and you
0: told me those were his numbers, I would I would start crying right now. I would pass out. Yeah, hopefully his turnovers. I would be so excited. For hopefully him his turnovers well. aren't
1: aren't high too. Because even if he he does average fifteen, like I said, 15, 4, and four, but then he has like four four games, four turnovers, four turnovers game. Game. Yeah, a game. Is it? Yeah, it's not that good for a team that we're already kind of high on on turnovers sometimes. Right. Um, well, he. Clifford
0: puts a big emphasis on limiting turnover. So that's actually one of the things that we did do pretty well. A lot of people contribute our defensive success to the fact that we did not turn the ball over and let teams get out in transition. Yeah. you know, you're all, If you're always playing against a set defense, it makes it harder to score. But I think we're kind of in, uh, in agreement. Like 14 points a game, somewhere around 5-6 rebounds, throw a few assists in there, a couple steals. Uh, if he's 100% healthy, that's, wh- that's where I think he's going to be. So his next question was... Who do you think will be the most improved player on our roster this upcoming year outside of Fultz?
1: Outside of Fultz? I said Mo Bamba. Why think, did you say Mo Bamba? I mean, I think he's just got another level to go. Um, considering and then him being hurt last year. Um, I don't know. I just feel like he's he's got a lot to prove this season, um, and that he's he's gonna prove it. I'm gonna
0: say Jonathan Isaac, and the reason is because I'm still going to be looking at this almost like it's Mo's rookie year. He, Yeah, he played, I think, what, 41 games last year? But now, like, with this new body type, he was just kind of starting to turn the corner. And, like, the game seemed like it was starting to slow down for him. So, for me, I'm still looking at this like it's kind of Mo's rookie year, especially because he's going to be playing in a backup role. Um, I could see you know, Mo averaging like nine or 10 points a game, seven or eight rebounds. If he can shoot anywhere near 35% from the, th- the three-point line and, you know, average, you know, two blocks a game, you know, with a, you know, a, a fairly solid defensive rating. And if he's making an impact on that side of the floor, um, that, that would be incredible to me. But Jonathan Isaac, the second half of last year, We already know that he is like legitimately a potential elite defender. I think he's, I think Aaron Gordon's still the best defender on this team, but I don't think Jonathan is too far behind. I think he's got a lot of potential on that side of the floor. If he can start to knock down the three at that 35% clip, but if he can also start getting to the basket, we've been seeing all this muscle that Mo is putting on. If you don't think Jonathan Isaac has been in the gym trying to put on muscle this summer, I think you're probably mistaken. I, I think yeah. he probably saw the the progress he made last year. Um, hopefully, he'll come back between five to ten pounds heavier, and you know, with a you know, new, few new moves, few new dribble moves. Hopefully, Cause he on on those pump fakes, he takes that one strong dribble, in, you know, towards the basket. Those pull ups. I think he probably hits those at a pretty good rate. That's at least my feeling on it. But if he can start to get to the basket, he's just so long. Um, if he can just start finishing at the rim, that will take him to another level. So I think Jonathan Isaac is going to be the most Im- improved player on the, on the roster this year. I feel you. That's really the only questions that we have right now. So um, if you guys are, are listening to this, just shoot us your questions. Uh, we'll be happy to, to answer them. Uh, On the show, Will, I I don't have anything else today, do you? that's it. Last couple things. um, We're going to keep bringing this up so that you guys can, uh, you know, pack the house at the Amway. Uh, October 13th, Philadelphia 76ers preseason game myself and Will. We're going to head to that game, so if you guys want to head down there, uh, we'll do some kind of meet-up uh, probably before the game, you know, just to, to say what's up and, and to meet some of you guys. That would be awesome. If you have not, check out the showcom We've got some Six Man Show merch up there. If you guys follow us on, on Twitter, the Torch Tally, that we will do every single game. We have a, a new t-shirt up on the site, so go make sure you cop one of those. Uh, as always, leave us a, a five-star rating and review. It's a, it's a big help, and uh, I think we're going to catch them next week will that's all i've got for today so thank you guys for listening to the six-man show jonathan and will we will catch you guys next time thanks for listening to the six-man show be sure to subscribe on itunes spotify google play and stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review it would really help us out a lot Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!